Wellness with Claire McKenna. With Benelin non-drowsy chesty coughs. Gets to work fast. Always read the label. Ask your pharmacist for advice. Yes, that's right. Claire McKenna back with me, presenter of Alive and Kicking, of course, which you can listen to now as a podcast to talk about neurodiversity. Is that right? Yes. Um, I had a guest on the show on Sunday, Hannah Daly. I first came across her because I gave my voice to her audiobook. She's just written a book called Knowing No Boundaries. And How do you find an audiobooks? I enjoy Sorry, it. This is an aside. No, I actually really enjoy it. Mm. I started out wanting to be in acting and in drama and I kind of realised okay somewhere along the line that it maybe wasn't necessarily fully for me yeah. but I get to live out my acting dream in my little voiceover booth pretending yeah. to be all these different people so I've done some for fiction and this was my first memoir Wow! and the reason she needed a voice for this rather than doing it herself is because Hannah has the reading age of a seven year old and yet she's an occupational therapist she wow. has got to master's level she's lived across the world um, and she's managed to get herself to that stage doing workarounds all of the time That's incredible so she she would not be able to read her own work Um <sighs> She can read some. No, she would, and she would struggle. She has um, severe dyslexia, dyspraxia, Mm. uh, dyspraxia, and sensory processing disorder. And she can read some things. Like she was even saying to me, she got a doctor's appointment letter, and she'd kind of seen the date and time, put it aside, and just coming up to it, she said to her husband, "Will you double check that?" And he said, "Oh, there's a thing underneath here that says you have to ring back within ten days to confirm the appointment." Did you not see that? So there'd be little things yes. like that that might still trip her up along the way, um, as will helping her four children with their homework. I mean, some of them aren't at that age, but now she has. But it her- must be tough because I assume the problem she runs into with other people is that they, you know, they might assume she's just illiterate. You know what I mean? That's a lack of education. Well, she really highlighted to me many things that I had never thought of before. But the amount of form filling that we have, because filling out a form to her is... Yes. She needs Well, that's always the example. There was an ad campaign a few years ago to increase adult literacy rates. And it was uh, a man not being able to fill out a form and his daughter having to do it for him. Yeah. But that that was about, again, that was about education because he had just dropped out of school. I think that was the narrative in the ad was he had dropped out of school. This wasn't the case for her. She has diagnosable issues. That's why she couldn't read it. But Hannah was saying that, you know, the way she would have studied all through Mm. college would be she'd have to listen to the audio of the textbooks and then do her exams through a scribe. Yeah. But to go to the library to get to the audio books, she'd have to fill out a form. You know, these kind of... Okay, You know, for want of a better word, silly little things that we should really be thinking about a little bit more to make sure that we have a world that's a bit more accessible and a bit more inclusive. Now, we have come a long way along that road. Maybe not a long way. We have come some of the way along that road. Yes, we we? have. Because in her book, she talks a lot about her school experience, which was a fairly negative one, you know, being kind of forced to read aloud over and over again and being assumed to have been trouble and, you know, not working and all these kind of labels that we hear. And I do think we've come a long way. I mean, the fact that we even know what neurodiversity means. I didn't know about that in school, but the words dyslexia, dyspraxia, they're all things that were ADHD, that we're all a lot more au fait with. And my own son has a diagnosis of mild dyslexia. And I really notice so many support systems kick in in his classroom. We see SNAs there. He's getting support. I did a parenting 
awareness course or yeah. a dyslexia awareness course where I met a group of parents and there was an amazing uh, leader there, Sharon Bre- um, Sharon Brebrazon, and she just spoke about neurodiversity in a way that I had never thought of it before. I mean, not only were they talking about the positives, such as the famous people with dyslexia and dyspraxia, like Richard Branson, Albert Einstein, Jamie Oliver, Steve Jobs. And they're starting to talk about dyslexia as more of a superpower now because you have to find so many workarounds because you're not fitting in with the conventional way of learning. It leads to more creative thinking, more strategic thinking and the kind of brains that are needed in today's world. Mm. So not only did she say that, but she just said the current education system as we have it is leaving out a cohort of people or leaving them behind. And if we were to adapt to bring those in, it would actually suit all types of learning. We wouldn't be leaving anybody out. So even little things like people would have movement breaks to help them yeah. to learn and process rather than this talk and chalk and, and just sitting and taking all this information in and rote learning. We are starting to change that, but we are still having a very rigid education system that really doesn't suit all. And I was reminded of that again when I heard Hannah Daly talk. And I'd like to play a clip from the interview now where she talks about her experience in the education system. Basically, if you think of a kid's shapes order with like triangle, squares, diamonds, whatever, lots of different shapes. I'm a, tri- I'm, a, I'm a triangle. Most people might be a circle or conventional ways of doing things might be a circle. And if you shove a triangle through the circle opening, it won't fit. But if it does fit, it's going to be broken and it's going to be in with the other ones. But it's an interpretation of, uh, of, a, of a circle. And it's that whole idea of masking as well as, you know, forcing something, someone into something. So no matter how much you shout at me or tell me to stand up and read, it's not going to happen. It's not because I'm not compliant. I don't have the capacity to do that. And I'm okay with that now. But the trauma of being forced to do that is you can't take that back. Um, But if you take the time to turn the shapes order and understand that there's another way for the triangle to, to exist in society by putting it through the triangle shape, that person can be employed. That person can be happy. That person can give back to society and feel good about themselves. There's no reason why we need to break people down. That is interesting. I, you know, you mentioned it there, say the movement breaks and stuff. Like you see that happening now. But is her point and the point of um, those other people you mentioned, Sharon Brabazon, um, that that's kind of, it's kind of like an add-on to the education system, but you still have to go through all the rigid stuff. And, yeah. and we'll, we'll, we'll do these extra bits as opposed to realising that you kind of have to adapt all that rigid stuff as well, actually. Yeah. And I mean, I covered the topic and had a parent on the show a few months back and an educational psychologist. And I mean, this mum was talking about her nine-year-old boy not wanting to live because school was so difficult for him. He was, you know crying every day going in because they talk about masking. So a child will go in and kind of put this mask on and go with the flow as much as they can, even though it's very difficult, and then come home and it can lead to all kinds of behaviour, tantrums, crying. So she was dealing with crying from four o'clock to nine o'clock every evening, again in the morning on the way into school. And it just got to a point where he's like, I don't want to go here anymore. Now, I'm, that's an extreme case. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's every child. My son is walking in and out of school and getting supports and, and fine. But there is a spectrum of neurodiversity. And we haven't really changed the system. It's going to take a huge overhaul. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's something we need to start talking and about. I, I wonder to an extent as well, 
uh, is there still a bit of a stigma attached for the kids themselves? They don't want to be seen as different. All kids want to be the same as every other kid, don't they? You know, there's there are there are the trailblazers, but most of us just want to be we want to be in the flock. Yeah, and I, I you know even as a parent myself, when it was coming up to him going for this diagnosis, obviously you want a diagnosis, you want the support, yeah. knowledge is power. But part of me didn't want to give my son a label that yes. you have a learning difficulty because I thought and he you might... And you have an SNA beside you. He might You'd take the different. foot off the brakes a little bit and, and think I can't. I never wanted him to think mm. I can't all the time. Sure, I have a learning difficulty. I can't do that. That was my kind of concern. I haven't found that necessarily with him, but I think there is still a lot of stigma where we associate dyslexia or intellectual disability with intelligence or a lack of intelligence, which is really unfounded. How old is he? So he is 11. He's going to be 12 in May. Yeah, he'll get cuter in a few years. (laughs) Yeah, maybe he's doing innocent I love the dyslexia there, man. Now you know it. (laughs) Basically, you know yourself. Right, I'm off out. (laughs) But Hannah told a story about she went to college in London and she got her first job and she had to open a bank account. So she took the form, went home, got help with her housemate, brought it back and they went, oh, you're Irish. That's a different form. So she said, well, look, you're going to have to help me with that. And when they said, and what about your dress and how do you spell that? Obviously, she didn't know that. So yeah. she said, well, I think it's it's all on that form that you just threw in the bin. And the woman said, oh, you're too smart to be dyslexic. And therein lies the issue that yes. we are we are making this assumption. And it's just a different way of learning. It's just a different way. And if we support people, like she said in that clip, they can thrive without having to jump through all these hurdles because not everybody has the self-esteem that Hannah seemed to have that was able to kind of push forward. Some people just fall through the cracks. Uh, Well, listen, all of this was discussed in more depth on Alive and Kicking and you can listen back to it now as a podcast. Claire, pleasure as always. Wellness with Claire McKenna. With Benelin non-drowsy chesty coughs. Gets to work fast. Always read the label. Ask your pharmacist for advice.